The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. This is the Hard Shoulder, Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock. Twenty-three Irish citizens have been able to leave Gaza today through the Rafah crossing into Egypt. The Tanishta and Minister for Foreign Affairs, Michal Martin, is in the region and he joins me now. Tanishta, you're welcome to the show. So, what can you tell us about these Irish citizens? Well, I think in the first instance, it's, it's great relief uh, that we have 23 Irish citizens out um, and um, we have more to do and, and more to get out. And I attribute to the our diplomatic network to our ambassadors in Tel Aviv, in Cairo uh, and in Ramallah for the very strong work they've been doing over the last while. Um, we were concerned um, in terms of getting our citizens, citizens out um, and the timelines that were going by. So uh, I'm very pleased with that out today. Their families... Uh, from individuals um, and um, they're now on their way to, to, to Cairo. We, we have a, a diplomatic team will be or at Rafid uh, early morning uh, and they're being bussed to Cairo and then from onward transmission uh, to Ireland. Uh, so it, it's very good news and um, but we have more to, to work on and I'm going to Israel tomorrow to talk to Israeli authorities again. We appreciate the work that um, all have been involved in. Mm. Um, and today as well with the Egyptian authorities and obviously we're focusing on the case of Emily Hand as well, the young eight-year-old um, hostage um, who are very, very anxious to get out and uh, part of the reason in the next two days we're talking to everybody to um, prioritise her release. Have you got in your travels in that part of the world, you've been there now in, in, in Cairo and on your way as you say, um, to Israel as well. Have you got a better sense of where those hostage negotiations are at and how likely or not it is that Emily or others might be released? Well, it's very complex and we keep on hearing different uh, you know, stories uh, as to imminent breakthroughs in terms of um, deals on hostages. Uh, our focus has been on prioritising, obviously, Emily in the context of any first cohort of hostages to be released. Um, obviously, I've spoken to the Qatari Foreign Minister They've been involved in the hostage situation. The Egyptians are key also in respect of it. Um, and, um, and, and obviously the Israeli authorities um, are very focused on it. So, um, but, but it's because of the nature of it, by definition, the details are very imprecise uh, on locations and on, on proof of life and so forth. Um, so the key point was that in any discussions through different channels, um, that Emily Hand's case would be identified and it has been and it has been prioritised. Uh, but we, we are not in a position to shed any mm. greater light than you already have there, Karen. How many more Irish citizens or Irish passport holders are in Gaza? Uh, we, I mean, our estimate was over forty um, uh, citizens. Uh, that number, you know, we continue work on the list with with, with the Israeli authorities and with the Egyptian authorities. Uh, it is fluid. Some people were not in a position to get out today uh, through choices and uh, in terms of family uh, and the connections with families and so on in terms of being in a position to leave. Um, but it is fluid from that perspective. Uh, but we do expect hopefully we can get some more out in the next number of days um, and, and uh, we're going to continue to work on that. There had been a, a contention that Irish citizens hadn't been included on, on lists to cross into Egypt through the Rafah border crossing um, in, in recent days because of Ireland's position and attitude and criticism of the Israeli approach to Gaza. Have you got any clarity on that? Um, well, we've no evidence uh, to suggest 
that, although, you know, we were concerned, if, if I'm honest, uh, that, you know, some time had gone by, uh, we still hadn't anyone out. Uh, but so we indicated last week to the authorities that we wanted to come over and um, um, and, and, and then organised last week this, this visit uh, to both uh, Egypt and Israel. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the good news is that 23 are out now. Um, it has been difficult and complex. There was early frustrations in terms of issues that arose, if you recall, in terms of um, uh, the, the ambulances and so on and the incidents regarding ambulances and the bombing of ambulances and so on, which, which closed the, the crossing. Um, the Egyptians are very clear that the crossing is open at all times, but it, it, it's to try and facilitate movement of people. And, and there, there have been obstacles, there have been problems, uh, verification and so on, um, between all the different um, stakeholders. And so that has been frustrating, but I think we're in a phase now where there seems to be a more sustainable opening of the Rathmet crossing and, and, and people getting through on a more sustainable basis. So I would hope uh, that we can continue the progress that we've made today, which is very, very welcome. And when you... And again, we will yeah. we have discussions on that again tomorrow with the Israeli authorities. And when you have uh, those discussions... Yeah. yeah. I mean, concern, obviously, you'll be expressed for, for those citizens who are still in Gaza. Uh, what concerns have you for other Irish citizens, be they in Israel or members of the Defence Forces serving in that part of the region? Well, we have significant concerns at all times, and that's why today's talks focused on the absolute necessity of preventing any regional escalation of the conflict because um, it could very easily spread um, if people don't work on making sure that we can de-escalate. Uh, and that's why a humanitarian ceasefire is very important, not just in the context of getting vital aid into Gaza and getting aid into Gaza at scale and volumes that would meet the needs of the people, but also to reduce the potential for regional escalation. Uh, and um, obviously, uh, you know, the, we, we've discussed this with uh, all countries in the region. Uh, and all are focused on that because everybody realizes it would be horrific for the civilian population of, of Lebanon and other areas if there was to be a significant uh, increase in violence or conflict. And, um, and when I met the Arab League today uh, and their representatives, uh, they were very much focused on that and, and the potential for that and, and the worry and concern that accidents can happen in terms of even though mm. there clearly has been a ratcheting up in tensions between Israel and and, uh, and Hezbollah in Lebanon, uh, it's not at a level yet that, that would uh, cause uh, would seem to cause an implosion. So therefore, but, the, but as I say, accidents can happen. Things can get out of hand. So there's a very clear need to focus on creating a pathway for peace and a, a political horizon to, to the, to the uh, Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And that, that's vital, we believe, in the next while. What reception do you expect to get in Israel? I mean, we're considered some of their most vocal critics within Europe. Your cabinet colleague yesterday, Simon Harris, saying that they're now engaging in a war on children in Gaza and they've become blinded by rage. Well, I was, I was in Israel a month ago um, and I, they have... I mean, they view Ireland as having a particularly negative position on this uh, from an Israeli perspective. That's nothing new. Uh, I think they will articulate that tomorrow. They'll be, uh, I think, communicating their view on it. But we, we'll, we'll also take the opportunity to, to communicate our perspective. Um, and we've been very consistent all along in different contexts, different conflicts, about the primacy of international humanitarian law, the absolute necessity to protect civilians, um, and the absolute, in our view, 
necessity for humanitarian ceasefire. Um, and, and, and a political, to bring, to bring this back onto a political pathway, because ultimately the only way that we can have peace and harmony in the region is for coexistence. But Palestinians and Israelis can live in harmony um, side by side. And that, that's the only way this can ultimately give security to future generations of Israelis and future generations of Palestinians and then to the broader region. You said right at the outset that credit needs to go in, in terms of those Irish citizens who've, who've gotten out of Gaza to diplomatic efforts and diplomatic staff in Cairo, in Ramallah and in Tel Aviv and telling that you give that credit when the doll here is debating whether the Israeli ambassador should be expelled from this country. Now, that leads to tit-for-tat expulsion on the other side. I guess this is, maybe from your point of view, there'll be people who disagree and think she should be expelled, but from your point of view, I guess this is kind of tangible evidence that we need diplomatic ties. Absolutely. Uh, to me, it's a fundamental tenet of diplomacy, um, of state-to-state of state relationships, particularly in a time of conflict and war. We need to keep channels of communication open. It's a very basic prerequisite, I think, for the conduct of foreign policy. Uh, and I think of late in, 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 in parliamentary and political debate, expelling diplomats has become um, an, uh, a sort of a knee-jerk uh, reaction, which is shallow and doesn't really have substance. Because what do you do the day after? I mean, expelling an ambassador means breaking off diplomatic relations, in, in essence. And that then renders you irrelevant on the, on the, on, on the, mm-hmm. on the issue of the day uh, and, and, and also uh, really uh, reduces your capacity to work on behalf of your citizens in a conflict situation in terms of getting them out of uh, conflict zones uh, and in terms of protecting your citizens. Uh, and also then uh, having a proper understanding of the complexities of every situation uh, and also having the information at hand. And then, if we, and, and, and Doyle Erdogan is seized at this, I appreciate that, and I think there's a interest across the Doyle in this question. But if we want to be relevant to a resolution of this and to have our voice heard, breaking off diplomatic relations is not the way to do it. Uh, that would make us fairly irrelevant fairly quickly. And then you have the issue of creating a precedent for future situations. I mean, for many, many countries around the world, one could find a rational reason to say we don't agree with certain policies that are practiced in a given country. Therefore, we should expel the ambassador of that country. You very quickly end up without a very substantial mm. diplomatic network if you were to follow that kind of precedent. But I do get the, you know, the genuine views that people have, the severity of this situation, the human catastrophe that is Gaza right now. I understand all of that. But I genuinely believe that maintaining diplomatic relations is not an endorsement of any country's policies, but rather, uh, if you like, prioritizing the idea of diplomacy in the first instance uh, and having channels of communication open mm. uh, that is in the best interest of the country and the best interest of the citizens of the country. Michal Martin, Tanisha and Minister for Foreign Affairs. Tanisha, thank you very much uh, for joining us here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.